From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 162. Today's show is brought to you by Balance, Squarespace, and Flight Logger. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Mr. David, James, Michael, Gregory, Pierce, Hurley. Yeah, you ruined that one. Uh, hello to Mr. Federico Fatici as well. How are you, Federico? Hello, Albus Percival Hurley. How are oh, you? Oh, my gosh. What is happening now? <laughs> <laughs> are you doing are you doing buddy <laughs> i'm doing very very well thank you very much very well i'm pretty sure i got your names right i wrote them down yeah yeah you probably did you probably did uh do you want to just do some follow-up i can't take this i would like to do some follow-up we've been talking about the iphone 10 and reachability it seemed that reachability was gone but our our friend mr rambo on twitter says that it may still be there. There's a He has an animation that he tweeted, uh, I guess from the simulator, that looks like reachability, like that comes down from the top, but we don't know how you would enable it because there's no home button. The side button now does 15 things. Maybe it's a volume button. We don't really know. So it seems like it's maybe still there. This could be a remnant from this being in the firmware for four other phones, and it won't be on the 10, but... Anyways, I would say that this is not a closed book yet. I would say that we don't know for sure that reachability is gone on the new mm. phone. Um, yeah. This is a conjunction. I don't know who put this in the notes, but someone it was who me. has access to this document said, you can no longer bring Notification Center down via reachability, which I've noticed as well, which is, I don't use reachability much, but that's one of the things I use it for. And that's been a little frustrating. So... Clearly, something is changing here. Um, have, have y'all's feelings changed on this over time? Do you feel like we'll be okay without it? Uh, I mean, I'll be. I mean, I'll be okay without it, right? Because I'm okay now. But the, the the thing that I use it for on the plus, I can't use it for, so I just no, don't use it. You know, like the only thing I ever used reachability for was just a quick way to get to the notifications without like moving my hand or whatever. Like, I feel like it's going to be fine if the iPhone 10 doesn't have reachability mode, but. Uh, I think it would be nice if they could find a way to elegantly put it in, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah I I very ra- rarely use reachability on the iPhone Plus. Uh, I don't think I will need reachability on the 10. And by the way, quick aside, I've been talking to a lot of friends about the new iPhone, and literally everybody is saying iPhone X. Like, mm. I've yet oh, yeah. to meet a single person who says iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. And when someone asked me, why do you call it the iPhone 10? <laughs> and I explained the reason, they just laughed at my They're face. Like, What's wrong with like, you, Federico? Yeah. Why do you call like, it the what? iPhone 10? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, why do you call it the iPhone 10? I was like, yeah, because Apple's um, marketing approach is that it's tomorrow's iPhone today. They're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> they just laughed at me. And so good luck, Apple, uh, convincing people that it's the iPhone 10. Some, some real-time follow-up from the chat room. Apparently... Now, I'm not running this beta, but the 11.1 beta returns reachability and notifications there. Like, it reconnects them. So, mm. maybe this sure was just a short-term, short-term bug. Mm. I mean, it's in the chat room. I have no, no reason to Can we to trust them? It. Can we trust the chat room? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think so. Steven, you took a visit to uh, Apple Store, right? Y- yeah, I've been there twice in two weeks now. Yeah. So, middle of the week last week, my iPhone 7 Plus took an unfortunate tumble 
onto the concrete floor of my studio and missed uh, the rug that's right next to my desk and the concrete. You to pick a rug. And it, yeah. You know, if there's only a way to make the whole floor rug, what would you call that? Hmm. It's got to be it's got to be something mm. that would do that. Anyways, it fell and shattered the from the bottom right corner basically across and up the screen. It's a pretty good break. So, I made an appointment to the store. It was like several days out, but on Friday I had a little time and I was already in the area and I was like, "Well, you know, I'll just drop by the store and see how long it would take." And they could see me in about 10 minutes. They had my phone about an hour and a half. And they replaced the screen, so I got the same phone back. I've, I've never done this. Like I've, It's been a long time since I've broken an iPhone. Last time I did, they still replaced the whole thing. So, you know, I, I had to disable Touch ID and find my iPhone. It goes in the back. They have a special machine that puts the screen on. It lines it all up. Uh, a machine, by the way, that I broke the story on years ago. Not that anyone cares, but I was reminded of that <laughs> in this experience. Um, and got my phone back. So it was interesting... Being without a phone for an hour and a half, I didn't hang out in the store. I went to, there's a Whole Foods around the corner. So I thought, you know, I was going to go get something to drink and like hang out in their cafe area and get some work done. But I had my Apple Watch. So I turned on LTE on my watch, you know, so if someone needed a hold of me, they could get me. And I got back in my car and I realized that I didn't have any music. I, believe it or not, even though I own 37 iPods, none of them were with me at the time. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, I have a watch that has music on it. And I thought, I'll just pair my watch to my car, and I could just listen to music, right? Like, it'll work. It doesn't work. It didn't work. Can you pair it to Bluetooth stuff other than, like, AirPods? Not really. So you can do it to uh, a couple, you know, you can do it to headphones and stuff. But the car, so on tomorrow's episode of Query, Serenity and I, Serenity and I talk about this. And it's because when you pair to a car, the car also can pull contact information and recent phone calls and stuff. And so the watch OS doesn't allow that connection to happen. They saw mm-hmm. each other and they mm-hmm. attempted to pair, but then the car basically said, you know, uh, device unable to connect or something, kind of a generic error message. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so that's why. So Serenity explains some of that on query tomorrow. Uh, probably not, honestly, probably not super surprised, but I, you know, it was a little disappointing that it didn't work. But, uh, you know, I survived the 10-minute drive to Whole Foods and back. Guys, I had to listen to the radio. It's like it's like Oof. us. You know, like people are talking and there's music and stuff, but it's way worse than podcasting. It's terrible. Um, but my phone's back. I was out 187 bucks or something after tax. And it's here and it's, it looks brand new. I mean, it's they did a great job. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 7 Plus rides again. For the next, you know, two to twenty-seven months, when I can get my hands on the iPhone ten, one hundred and eighty-seven dollars seems like a lot of money. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I think the repairs one seventy or one seventy-five, and then sales tax on top of that. That was only about ten or fifteen dollars more than the sort of third-party repair centers. We have a couple of those in town, mm-hmm. like iFix or like whatever. You know, you can take your phone in and they'll they'll do a similar repair. My phone was out of warranty, so I you know I I did consider that. But because Apple's repair was only like a little bit more, I opted for um, to kind of get it done officially. So, uh, but it's seamless. You would never know. Like if you, if I handed you my phone, you would never know that the front of it had been shattered. They did a really good job. 
But uh, the reason I mention that is like I know in many times you've uh, you've made reference to Apple Care being your case, right? Isn't that a thing? That I, is a phrase that I've used. I remember that you have laughed at me and Federico for using a case. Mm-hmm. Oh, you use a case. You're like, oh, it's fine because Apple Care is my yeah. case. So that seems like a really expensive Apple Care payment, there, Stephen. Yeah. So here, so here is the situation with that. I bought. My now internationally famous original iPhone 7 Plus. Pre-ordered it. It showed up. Oh, the hissing one. The hissing one. The snakes. The snake phone. Right. Right. So when I signed up, you know, when I when I booked my uh, Genius Bar appointment in the, I did it in the Apple Support app on iOS, which by the way is like really awesome. It's way better than using their website, and it tells you your warranty status. And I said no Apple Care Plus, and I thought, huh, that's weird. So I assumed. I bought Apple Care Plus on the hissing phone. That phone got replaced by Apple, and maybe the Apple Care Plus didn't get attached to the new phone, but I'm sure I have emails of all that stuff, and I can get them to fix it. So I went back to my email archive, and I was like, well, let me find the the receipt from that original phone, the hissing phone. I found that receipt. No Apple Care. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> In the middle of the night, I didn't order it. I usually do. I most definitely will on the 10, because... The if the back of that phone breaks, it is going to be super expensive because the way that yeah. phone is constructed is the same as the six, seven, and eight. Where like they've already said they're going to be more expensive, right? Like they've just yes. flat out said it's more expensive. Hmm. Um. And there's a, I, have, I put a link in the show notes for Apple has pricing of this on their website. So it's it's, it's a KBS article called iPhone Screen Repair Prices, and uh, so you can look at this. The ten will be more. So I would urge everyone. He's looking at the 10, who's like, usually does Apple Care? Definitely do Apple Care Plus on the 10 because it's going to be really expensive. Um, so, anyway, so my 7 Plus is here. It has a 90 day warranty on the screen. So, if it you know gets weird in the next three months, they'll take care of it. Uh, I do have it now in, back in my Apple uh, leather case now that I know I don't have Apple Care Plus on it. And I've already sold this phone. Like, a, a family friend is going to buy it for me when the 10 shows up. So I'd rather not smash it up anymore. So it is uh, now in a case, and it will remain in the case until until it is uh, is no longer mine. But yeah, it's you know, Apple Care visit or Apple Store visits come in threes. So I'm sure I'll be back there this Friday for something, <laughs> and then I'll be done for another six months. Your iMac explodes. Don't say that; it can hear you. Well, you know, animals get in them now. Jason has a spider in his iMac, so you might have That's something true. similar. Uh, the Belkin Rockstar uh, now has a 3.5mm oh. headphone jack. So I remember, Federico, you bought this adapter. This adapter came out with the iPhone 7, right? It was a yes. Belkin adapter that had two lightning ports to yes. allow you to charge and listen to music with your uh, lightning earphones uh, at the same time. They have now released a new version of this, which has one lightning port and a 3.5mm headphone jack instead of the second uh, lightning port. Yeah. Yeah, they made this for The Verge, specifically, uh, because they really missed the headphone jack. Yeah, uh, I, had the, I had the original version wow. with two lightning ports. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. I bring it with me on when I travel. It's quite comfortable to use on the plane, you know, when I can plug in a battery and also listen to my headphones. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I'm happy to see this. It's a good option. It's just, um, you know, I'm not going to get this one because I don't use headphone jack based headphones anymore but i can say that the original version is a fine dongle it is funny <laughs> though ever... this should have been 
the one that came out first, right? Yes, uh, I think the timing is a little strange <laughs> like, here. This should have been the first one because yeah. this was what everybody wanted then. I do wonder if Apple played any kind of role in this. Like they wanted to push the idea of a lightning headphones, yeah, and so they convinced Bel- Belkin to do the lightning version first. Uh, otherwise, I just I just have no clue, really. I'm like, why did it take them a, a year? Like, it's like, oh, I know what we can do. <laughs> we can we can put a headphone jack on this. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like nobody ever attempted the combination of a headphone jack and a lightning port before. <laughs> so, oh, <man. laughs> you know, <laughs> it is a bit out there. I give you that. It is a little bit out it's a, there. It's a wild idea, really. Oh, uh, yes. Um, so, did y'all buy him? Um, no, but this feels like something I would buy in an airport. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I would be in an airport and I would buy this. Like, it feels like something that would be useful in that situation. It mm-hmm. it feels like something I would buy to have in my bag of, like, tech stuff. Yeah, dongle bag. Like, if... Yeah. Well, not my daily dongle carry. No, no. sort of my... My... Emergency dongles. Dongle reserve. Yeah. The dongle reserve's really good. Yeah, yeah. I should probably buy for my upcoming trip a, like a dongle pouch or something mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Oh, I have I have some ideas. I'm gonna send you what you need. <laughs> like a separate thing for my for you know I have the Belkin Rockstar and the of course the Apple One for the headphone mm-hmm. jack. Uh, then what do we have? I have some USB C stuff. Mm-hmm. I have one for the SD cards for the iPad and one for the USB connections to the iPad. I have the Ethernet adapter with the lightning port with the lightning connector. It's like five or six of them. So yeah, I do need like to figure out this dongle situation. I cannot tell you the uncomfortable feeling that I have right now because I can't think of a word for bag that begins with D. I I want it so bad, right? So it can be like mm. the dongle d something. You want to do the alliteration. The, the yeah, that's what it's all about, these these types of name things, right? Like, I just want the alliteration. That, that's all I want. Mm-hmm. The dongle duffel bag. Dongle duffel. <laughs> the dongle duffel <laughs> works. <laughs> that works. Yeah. You did it. I'm so duffel. I'm so happy <laughs> to know you right now, Stephen. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> you truly are a wordsmith, Stephen. <laughs> I'm glad I finally found found some, a way to please the two of you. Mm-hmm. Dongle duffel. Oh, it's so good. Dongle, so dongle good. Duffel. Dongle duffel. We should we should trademark that and sell one. There you go. Why don't you why don't we do an it Indiegogo? Looks, I, I have it I have it in my mind. It you know, a regular size duffel bag. I use one for my gym bag, uh-huh. but it's just tiny. So it still has yes. the tiny little loops, but you can just kind of put like one finger through them. And then yeah. where the shoulder strap would be is only like four inches long. I think it's perfect. The side pockets would be too small to put anything in. Like you can't oh, do anything so in them. One thing that I'm struggling with is how do you spell duffel? Is it L E or E L? Uh, let's look at the dictionary app. D U F F E L. I think in in, in ah, England, Mike, it's the it's it's F F L E. Well, because it's frustrating <laughs> because you've got uh, I'm ignoring you G L E and then F E L, right? Like that's there is a frustration Dunkle in duffel. that. You know, I think it's kind of nice. It's got but, a little rhythm to it. Don't worry about it, guys. I'm buying dongleduffel.com. I've got us taken care of. Good, good. If only we knew someone who knew who made tiny things. Oh, we do. Call Brad. Can we add Brad to this call? <laughs> it's like Brad. We got a great idea for you. It's called yeah. the Dongle Duffel, and he just hangs up immediately. We, 
We we promise your company won't go out of business if you do this. <laughs> this is a great idea. All right, I oh, own it now. Dongleduffle.com, everybody. Oh, gosh. That's really good. Oh. Okay, so we should we should move on. Google Drive got oh, files Oh, in England it is D-U-F-F-L-E. I, to- I told you I was not joking. I thought you were trolling me. I was, but then I realized I was also right. And so oh, that, that sort of... That cancelled the troll because I was you gotta, right. You got to buy both. I've got to buy both now. <laughs> yeah. It's like analog. There's no right way to spell it. All right. You got to carry on with the, with the follow-up because I'm buying domains. Okay. We will carry on with the follow-up. I'm oh, spending so much money on these things now. Federico, tell me about Google Drive file support. Uh, so you can now use the Google Drive as a file provider in the oh. files app. Okay. Which, which is nice. Uh, it's kind of like Dropbox and others we've seen so far. The problem is that it's super buggy right now. Uh, I would say it's the less stable of all the file providers I've seen so far. And I've told you guys before that these extensions are not extremely reliable right now. But the Google Drive one is the most problematic one. Um, I've seen issues with people trying to just tap on a thumbnail and the file provider extension just crashing and displaying a content unavailable message. Oh, no. Um, and this sort of adds... Bunch. I mean, at least Google fixed uh, the problem with the Google Drive app, uh, just opening any kind of file that you tapped on in, in the files app. But now they got to fix the file provider because it seems to be very prone to crashing and just erroring out because of memory constraints, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good news that Google has been relatively speedy when it comes to Google Drive, at least, in adopting iOS 11 features. But Here's to hoping they will uh, improve the, especially the memory management of the, of the extension uh, in the short term. Gotcha. Um, I, ha- I have a little more real-time follow-up. The Belkin Audio Plus Charge Rockstar is sold out on Amazon. Wow. People so, want it. People, yeah. people need people that, want it. that sweet, sweet Rockstar. Um, I will I agree. get it from my Apple store, though. That the, uh, the, the, the Google implementation, the Google Drive implementation, it's not that good, right? Like, there's... Is there's there's clearly something wrong with this one in a way that isn't with the Dropbox one, and the Dropbox one isn't perfect. Like I've had some some slowness or some weirdness, but Dropbox have clearly implemented it better than Google. I mean, also as well, like I mean, I, you know, the Google Drive one, it kind of. I mean, for most people that use Google Drive, like it doesn't really work the way you would want it to, right? Like all it is is just links to open Google Docs, right? That's kind of all it is. Um, and my, it's just all, it's just all a big mess there for me. Just a bunch of Google docs that like I haven't put into a folder, but now they just all live there and they're all intermingled with everything else. It's yeah. I, I much prefer the Dropbox one. I think to round out follow up, I'm asking you guys a very serious question. Does Google docs have drag and drop support? No, nope. <laughs> and you know what? It never will. Okay, today's show is brought to you by Balance. Balance are the team behind Balance for Mac, the app for helping you monitor all your bank balances and card transactions. The team behind Balance have just launched Balance Open. This is a free open source Mac app for checking Coinbase, which is a popular marketplace for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Balance Open is the best open source digital wallet to help you keep track of everything. Balance wants to help teach you about cryptocurrencies if you're not familiar with them. And they're going to do that by starting you 
on your path. Because the first 1,000 people that go to this URL, which is bal.money slash relay, so it's bal.money slash relay, will receive $2 in the Ethereum currency for free as a gift from our friends at Balance. There's never been a better time to start looking at cryptocurrency because it is becoming a real hot topic in the world. So go to bal.money slash relay. You can find out more. You can grab $2 in Ethereum and maybe learn a thing or two along the way. Go check it out today. Find out more and try out Balance Open at bal.money slash relay. Our thanks to Balance for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I saw an article by a friend of the show, Alan Pike uh, of Steam Clock Software. Which is titled, which I, I initially thought that he was just writing a review of Do Not Disturb While Driving. Um, but it's the, the article is called Do Not Disturb While Living, which is a, I like it. Although I also in my head read it as living. Um, but anyway, this is just my problem, <laughs> not yours. Uh, do Not Disturb While Living. Uh, so Alan's <laughs> post is basically suggesting some improvements and some enhancements that could come to the Do Not Disturb system, which currently exists in iOS. And he comes at this from a place which I completely agree with, that like notifications these days are constant and they can be anything, right? Like you can find out about um, a friend of yours who's just had a baby all the way down to atrocious things that are happening around the world. And of course, just take a quick sidebar. There are a lot of terrible things happening right now and we think about them all the time and they're horrible uh, and I wished that stuff would change. But anyway, so you can find out stuff like this, like from news alerts, uh, or you can find out what the weather's like, or you can get an email telling you that you just received a payment. It could be anything, right? Notifications can be anything, and they all come to you, and it doesn't matter when you want them or when you don't. So more controls over this and what you see would be great. And this, and so like this is in, an interesting time to think about Do Not Disturb because Apple seems less intent on making Notification Center better. It's only regressing Notification Center over time. But they are improving Do Not Disturb with Do Not Disturb While Driving. So maybe this could be an improvement to notification handling in improving Do Not Disturb. So I wanted to start off by asking you two what you're doing about Do Not Disturb. Like, Stephen, do you have a programmatic do not disturb? Like, when is it set for you? Do you have it on never all the time? What do you do? So I use it in the car. Mm-hmm. And I actually just looked at my schedule. I have it enabled at 10.30 p.m. And it comes off at 6.45 a.m., which is about, you know, probably half an hour after my alarm is set in the morning. I have it. I have phone calls from favorites allowed to pass through. I keep my favorites list very short. I mean, it's my immediate family, Mike, it's you on FaceTime, and that's, you know, maybe one or two other friends. It's a very short list. And of that list of favorites, none of those people would call me late at night unless it was, you know, something truly serious. These are people that I text with. So I feel comfortable that if someone needed to to call me, then it would get through at night. I also have the repeated calls turned on. You know, if someone... Now my favorite says calls you, and then they call you back within three minutes. The call will come through. I've never had an experience where that's been, you know, an issue or like a robocall or something. So I leave that on as well. So yeah, it comes on at night automatically. I used to not do this, but then the three of us became friends, and I will often wake up to many, many iMessages mm-hmm. that the two of you have passed while I've been asleep, and that used to drive me crazy. And so I, I, I really use this because the two of you. Um, anytime and uh and so yeah it's about it i will manually do it occasionally like when i like when we're recording i put it i put it in do not disturb manually but uh but that's um 
yeah, that, that's how I use it. What about you, Federico? Um, I actually don't. Uh, most of the time, I enable Do Not Disturb manually hmm. when I need it, when I know that I absolutely need it. But um, well, when we record, for example, I need to be able to see if my girlfriend is texting me because either she's coming back home or something's up with the puppies. And so I need to be able to see the notification on the lock screen. And when I I turn it on manually when I'm working, when I'm writing, when I need to be focused, like when I'm working on the iOS 11 review, uh, when I was working on the iOS 11 review this summer, I kept it on all the time, basically, because I needed to be super focused. But during the year for the typical workday, I don't keep Do Not Disturb enabled unless I'm working on a long form story or like a review that requires a lot of attention. Um, and I also do not keep um, uh, the while driving option enabled anymore. Uh, not because I want to look at my phone while I'm driving, but because I want Sylvia to be able to look at notifications while while I'm driving. If something happens and there's a, like an important email or a message, she's able. Uh, quite funny story. She's often uh, the one who replies on my behalf to John and Mike or Stephen, mm. uh, but they actually don't know this uh, because mm. I tell her I tell her what to write. Uh, but she's she's the she's the hands behind the messages. I'm not comfortable with with this. You never know. You never know when it, when it well, happens. This is Mike. this is now the problem, right? I'm I'm not comfortable because who knows what I could be saying. Now I'm going to have every message that I send to you. I'm going to imagine it's Sylvia seeing it. Well, yeah, well, you really do not ever say anything appropriate. Uh, not, not appropriate. Oh Mike, my gosh! So I I was like, oh, no, what have I done? You never say any appropriate thing. You are a terrible no, a- human, anything, and we hate you. Anything, <laughs> anything not appropriate. So all your all of your messages are very very polite and kind He's and funny. He's a gentleman. You know. So I think you're fine, really. I gotta say, I I, I don't like the driving thing because. You're the only person that I've had this this with Federico. Like sending a text message and it comes up like, "Oh, Federico's driving." I really don't like those messages. Like yeah, I turned yeah, them I, off. I, yeah, me too. And uh, first I turned those off, and then I just realized I should just turn off DLD while driving because most of the time I'm driving with another person. I rarely drive alone, mm-hmm. and I want Sylvia to be able to look at my messages and just give me like a summary of if there's anything important she'll tell me. Otherwise, you just say you'll you'll respond later. Um, so, yeah, uh, I enable it manually when I want to. So I still live my system of do not disturb always. So my phone is in constant do not disturb mode and then things come through to my watch. I still live that life. That's my life that I live. So my phone is always in do not disturb. So that works great for me. And I do the calling thing, right? Like favorites, it will ring and the multiple people calling through, it will ring. Uh, but I keep the do not disturb my phone on all the time. So... One of the things that Alan proposes, which I actually think is something just from listening to you two talk, is actually something that would be great, is the ability to uh, set timed do not disturbs. And this is kind of like the big thing that he's talking about in his article, that there are a bunch of applications like Slack, right, that have their in-app based do not disturbs, which you can set up on their schedules or you can set for small periods of time. So you can say like, I'll turn this off at such and such time. Because the remembering to turn off do not disturb can, I assume, is something that happens quite a lot if you're someone that does it the way that you guys do, right? Like you turn it on for a little while, like why are you necessarily going to remember to turn it off? So it would be really great if do not disturb could be set for a specific period of time and turn itself off like if you're about to go into a one hour meeting or you're going to record a podcast for two hours just set it to be like turn off in two hours 
Um, and mm-hmm. there is definitely an ability within Apple's UI to do this, right? Like the new 3D touch stuff, and even Alan created a mock-up, right? Like there are a bunch of things where you can press down and make effects, and it would work in Control Center. Um, so it all fits. And I think that this would be a really, really good evolution of the Do Not Disturb system. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think especially the manual option with the sliders that yeah. you select an amount of time, that's super clever and it fits with the current uh, control center interface design. And I also agree on the idea of more contextual do not disturb triggers. I think it would be super useful. First of all, to have like a movie mode where uh, automatically when I'm watching a video and I'm in full screen, I do not want notifications to come in and interrupt me. Uh, whether they pop up on screen or they also lower lower the volume of the movie. Uh, and I also think there should be a mode where, uh, like, Do Not Disturb is able to look into my calendar. And, like, when I create an event, uh, there's a toggle that says, when this event is, is in progress, automatically engage Do Not Disturb. And I would flip the switch in the event creation UI. And so when the event is on, like, connected recording, my iPhone would automatically see that the event is going on, and he remembers, well, I should turn on the Do Not Disturb now because Federico doesn't want to see notifications now. So I think there's definitely a lot of uh, potential for extending Do Not Disturb in addition yep. to the manual mode and to the driving mode to other contextual options. Yeah, that would be re- I really like the idea of the event-based um, Do Not Disturb, right? Like, even if it was like even a whole calendar would be amazing, right? So like my podcast calendar would just set Do Not Disturb on constantly and then I would just, nothing would ever come through. Like, that is a really nice idea. Yeah, it seems like, you know, Apple's trying to build all these links. They're, you know, they're kind of using the Siri branding to do this. And this feels like such a, a natural extension of what they're already doing. Like, they, they have all this data and it's all on device. Like, this is this would all be done on device, right? They, they can parse the calendar and put it on a widget and do all sorts of stuff. Um, it really seems like Do Not Disturb is one of those things where besides the driving thing they added this year, like I can't remember the last time they approved it. Like it, it's been basically the same since launch. I don't even, I mean, do you guys even remember when this was added to the iPhone? Like I, I can't I even. I want to say iOS 5, iOS 6, Yeah, maybe? somewhere in yeah, there. It's been it, a long time. Yeah. It feels like a six or seven thing for me. I don't think, I think it was later than than five five seems seems pretty far away but but i i agree with you it's time that apple sort of make this smarter i mean they they have all the data like come on just do it this is one of those things where like rightly so like anybody that uses android you know i'm sure you can do this i bet you can i bet and yeah so it should be in ios like this is one of those things where they could be like oh this is siri powered like whether it is or isn't right you could just be like siri's doing this this is one of the things that <laughs> siri can do for you it's so smart right? yeah 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 i'm sure that will be the branding actually yes you're right and also like piggybacking on this just like a super quick thing for me right because i use the watch as my notification filter i would love to see the abilities when a notification comes through to force press on a notification to get an option to disable all notifications for that application like because too often the apps sneak through my system because if you enable notifications on the phone, it enables them on the watch. And I would love to be able on the watch to just be like, I don't want to see notifications from this game on my watch, right? Rather than needing to go into the app all the time and turn them off. But just mm-hmm. purely because the note the force touch and push notification does nothing. So give me something. Right, like I would like to be able to do something there because I've tried it. I was like, oh, I wonder, will it work? 
Um, oh, I just looked at my watch and Federico's looking at me on my watch. So that's that's fun. Last week it was Casey. This week is Federico. He's just smoldering, <laughs> smoldering at me on my watch face mm, right now. Okay. okay. All right. I'll put a, I'll put a screenshot in the show notes so people can see uh, smoldering TG on, on my wrist. You know, um, you know, I disabled the Siri watch face. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. I like the idea. But every time I raise my wrist, I need to. Uh, I read about what is going on with U.S. politics or some other tragedy, and it's really just depressing. Just turn that off. Just what source is that? What what news source? Like what thing is that? You can turn news uh, off entirely. Yeah, you're right. That could be that. I didn't think of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what yeah, data yeah. source is that though? Uh, is it Apple news? Apple news. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. It doesn't show for me, probably because I deleted the application on my phone. That would probably do it. <laughs> that's that's cool yeah. that it does that, right? Like, so it knows the app isn't there, so it doesn't even show it as a possibility in the Siri watch face for me, huh? So yeah, just turn off the Apple News thing because we can go. I don't, if anybody doesn't know this, on the Siri watch face, once it's once you've enabled it, you can tap on it and you can change the complications and amend the data sources. Like, so I turned off stocks because it was like, what are you doing, right? Like, I don't want that. <laughs> So yeah, I would, I would if you like the watch face Federico, that's a way around it, right? You just just turn that off. I really wish that I could, I don't know, that third party developers could plug into this and like show me like a summary of my to-do list or whatever. Like that yeah. would make it like just that single addition would make it like 10 times more powerful for me. I I genuinely think that that is a watchOS 5 thing. Like I genuinely believe that they're going to do that because I I I think that they've introduced this as a potential, like, this is how we think the watch should be, right? Like, this is what it should be. It should be showing you this information. Um, so I have my I have my fingers crossed for, like, watchOS 5 to allow developers to push this sort of information to, to the Siri face. Got I my hope fingers so. crossed. I got my fingers crossed. That's all I can have. I have my picture of... Uh, I got my, my picture here now. I'm going to put it in the chat room. I'll put it in the show notes so you can see. Uh, they've got a smoldering, smoldering TG on my wrist. So, I'm really, ha- I'm really happy to have that today. You see it? See him? See him Let's just there? Let just me like see. Looking let back me, at me. Let me take a look at this picture. Let me take a look at this picture. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. That is really intense uh, yeah, for a watch face. This is nice. Okay. No, I oh, like it. Wow. I like it. It's like you're just looking into my soul and just telling me that it's all going to be okay. That's how it You feels. should okay, set uh, it as your actual watch face. Like you know what? Watch face. <laughs> I, might, wow. I might set him as the kaleidoscope. You know, and every now and then I'll just match it all up again and it will look great. It's good. Atichi emerges from the mayhem. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. This yeah. week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Use the offer code WORLD at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace to let you easily create the website that you have for your next idea or project or event. And with the ability to grab a domain name, use award-winning, beautiful, customizable templates and more, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you put anything that you need to online. There's nothing to install, there are no patches to worry about, and no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Actually, you don't have to worry about anything with Squarespace, because not only is it easy to use, they have a 24-7 customer support team right there standing by if you need any help. If you want to create an online store, you can do it with Squarespace. If you want to create a portfolio, you can do it with Squarespace. If you want to create a blog, guess what, everybody? You can do it with Squarespace. I've been using Squarespace to build a website for my wedding. We we made like an RSVP thing. So these two lovely folk here on the call with me, they got a link. They could go there and they could fill it all in. And then it fills out a um, a Google Sheet for us, which is awesome. Uh, and then because I'm super nerdy, I set up a, a pushover push notification. Uh, so every time somebody filled out a cell in that spreadsheet, I got a notification about it on my watch. 
Um, but that's that's just like a little extra thing. Uh, but yeah, Squarespace enables me to do, be able to do that. We also get an email every time someone fills it out. It's really awesome. Um, like they actually have full templates for weddings. So like we know exactly what we need to put on our website because Squarespace have given us all the functionality. It's great. Their plans start at just $12 a month. You can start a trial with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com and then use the code WORLD and you will get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Connected and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, so uh, mm. Amazon did a bunch of stuff. We have There's a, mm-hmm. like a bunch of new echoes. We're going to touch on a couple of those and talk about some uh, some news related to the Amazon Echo. Um, I uh, On Upgrade, we spoke about some of the new uh, devices. And during that segment, I called an amnesty on the name and just let it fly. I think we're going to do that here today, too. Um, there is a vast possibility that if you have an Amazon Echo in a room with you, we're going to trigger it at some point. Um, so I am giving everybody the time right now as I'm talking to mute their Amazon Echoes. Uh, and uh, we could just let it fly. So, Federico, we have some fo- some some middle show follow up uh, to address mm. right now. Yeah. Um, both me and Stephen made a, a, a heavy bet, which we'll get to uh, around time frames about you coming back to the Echo because a couple of weeks ago you were like, "I'm done. I don't want this anymore in my life." Uh, Siri is amazing. We don't need this uh, Amazon mm-hmm. Echo nonsense. And both me and Stephen, on episode 158, published on September the 5th, believed that you would come back to the Amazon Echo and Alexa lifestyle. Now, Stephen, you bet six to eight weeks, right? And I, I said by the end of the year. So, Federico, mm-hmm. we are. That was three weeks ago. Uh, have you stayed stayed true to 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 your pledge? No. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Welcome back, buddy. It's nice yeah, to see um, you again. So, yeah. <laughs> so what happened? Well, we're back partially, and I think we both found what found out what the problem was. Um, so it was funny because it turns out that both Sylvia and I were actually missing the echo, but we were not telling each other uh, oh. because we were kind of we were kind of ashamed of the fact that we were wrong. And and it was so surprising to me that especially Sylvia was missing being able to to ask the Echo to do stuff like uh, setting timers or turning on the lights or listening to music via the Spotify integration. Um, and then one day we were like cleaning the house and rearranging a few things, and I just went, you know, I kind of mix miss Alexa. And she's like, oh my god, I do as well. <laughs> like I, I, I didn't want to tell you. A real you. moment for y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a re- it was really romantic in a way that Aww. you know. Uh, yeah, and so I I went into the uh, like where we keep all of our old uh, accessories and computers. stuff and like a, like a box that mm-hmm. I keep outside and I just oh. uh, I I just brought uh, Alexa back from the dead and um, mm. yeah, but what we did is we realized that we were f- uh, the Echo Dot. We're not using that because we both were annoyed by the constant um, presence of uh, the echo in the bedroom. And we didn't like that I set it up so it was connected to a bunch of, to a set of really crappy speakers and the terrible sound quality. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that I thought it would be a nice idea to control our television 
just with Alexa and the Harmony remote. That's a and terrible that idea. Is a, that is a terrible idea. Yeah. And also, Sylvia really doesn't like the touch input of the Harmony remote. Yeah. And also the, and also the fact that it combines a bunch of... She prefers... So we have a TV and a soundbar. And she prefers having separate remotes for the soundbar and oh. the TV. Okay. Uh, she f- she finds the interface of the Harmony remote confusing, which I totally understand. Yep. And so we're not we're not using the Echo Dot anymore, but we have the full standard Echo back in the kitchen. And yes, I I was missing especially timers and lights controls. Um, and also the Spotify integration is nice uh, because it you know when you're cooking you can just say something you know, play something real quickly, and it does uh, play something on the on the Echo. So yeah, um, I think I think it's important for me to, you know, I do this all the time. It's important for me to leave a few things behind to understand what is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And another another experiment that I did recently was for like three days. I wanted to use things as my task manager, and I was able to appreciate the design of things. I think it's re- it's a really great looking app. Seriously, like it's super, it like it's elegantly put together, but. It made me realize just how much I, I rely on Todoist for automation, for collaboration, and even if it's not as pretty, it is so useful to me. Yeah, it's interesting that you actually did undergo that experiment because I feel like I could have told you immediately that you wouldn't be able to live without the automation. Yeah, yeah, but I need to 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 see this with my own eyes. Yeah, I you know, understand. I need to. Yeah. I need to test this. And mm-hmm. also the fact that we removed both of the echoes and then we realized we were really missing only one of them. I think that was useful uh, to just to understand how we use technology around the house. And so now we're back on the back on the echo train and uh, we're keeping our usage quite light. Uh, we have controlling the Philips EO lights, um, listening to music, setting timers. And maybe we're gonna enable the uh, Logi Circle skill for the camera because we got a wireless uh, Circle 2 camera. Maybe we're gonna enable that skill. I'm not sure it's so useful because all I think all it can do is start a new recording or set in private mode. What made you want to get the camera? The wireless camera. Mm. Uh, basically, we need to keep a camera in the by the front door. And with the angle that we want to have... There isn't any wall outlet nearby, mm. so uh, up until now we needed to run a cable and like duct tape it to the wall, to yes. the to the to the <laughs> to the wooden frame, to the yeah. wooden frame of the kitchen door, You're because that's me. in yeah that's the nearest uh, wall outlet, and that was super inelegant. Yeah. So we got a wireless camera, and I also bought a, I already bought like uh, another battery, so that when it runs out, I'll just swap it in and put the other one to charge and do so every two to three months. Also, also having, having a wireless camera is amazing. Like, you can just place this anywhere. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So it's um, really what, what you have done here with your Echo is like what I do with Evernote sometimes, right? I just have it's, to go... It is actually what you do with, with a lot of things, right? I have to go try it, and then I come back mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. where I was. You still using Apple um, Music? Gonna... Yes. Yeah. Okay, very good. happy with it. Good. 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 Yeah. I don't think that uh, I'm really happy with Apple Music. Anyways, um, so Frederick, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad that you, the two of you had some sort of weird tech-centric couples therapy over yeah. this. It sounds like you maybe you worked <laughs> through some things, which mm-hmm. is really good. It's encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yeah, you welcome important. the Echo back when you set it up? 
I actually did. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I said, I said, uh, you know, I said like, Alexa, welcome back, and she came back with some totally useless reply. <laughs> and Sylvia was like, oh, she's back. She's like, I'll show you. Put me out in the hallway. I'll show yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm. Re- I'm really happy that that we were able to to stay without the echo for uh, two to three weeks and sort of understand what we appreciate about this uh, speaker and the you know just w- how we use it i think it's a powerful idea and it made me even more curious about the home pod like will apple be able to replicate this kind of experience i don't know okay so the, the event was done in secret it was even like the event itself was embargoed which i found hilarious they released a whole a whole wide range of stuff very quickly there's the Echo Plus, which is in the body of the old full-sized Echo, has an improved speaker system, some new finishes, includes smart home stuff. So it has a radio that can talk to some smart home devices directly. And it comes with a, uh, is it a Philips Hue bulb? Like yep. <laughs> a Philips Hue bulb comes with it, yep. which is kind of cool. They have the the regular Echo, which is now much smaller. If you've seen a Google Home, it looks very similar to that sort of sm- smaller and squattier you get them cloth covered or different finishes. Again, they say better speakers. And then there's the spot, which is like a shrunken down Echo Show. So it has a screen. It's like a it's like a two and a half inch round display, maybe three and a half inch, not very big. This is really, I think, designed to be like a smart alarm clock. Like it, it feels like it wants to be on your nightstand. Remember, it has a front facing camera, so maybe you don't want it on your nightstand. Or maybe you'll you'll go all Zuckerberg on it and tape over it. This feels way more approachable and more friendly than the Echo Show. It's way better looking. The Echo Show looks not great. And these things are like scattered across the price range. So I think the normal Echo now is is a hundred bucks. You can spend less, you can spend more. There's a whole wide range of things. They've really taken the Apple approach of having lots of devices to hit every price point. Mm-hmm. Which is new for Amazon that you know up until this point, they had the Echo Dot, which is for sale anywhere between thirty-five and fifty bucks, depending on kind of when you get it. And then the Echo was what I think one forty-nine was its most kind of recent stable price point. So they've spread out a little bit, uh, which I think is good. I think I think you know you can you can charge them with sort of throwing spaghetti on the wall to borrow a phrase from the chat room. And Apple's doing the same thing with iPhones, I think, and iPads and everything else, but companies do this because it works as people want different price points. They don't want to feel like they have to spend 149 bucks to get something decent. So I see whether Amazon's doing it. I don't have a problem with it. As far as my household, I've ordered the new echo. You know, we have a full size echo in the kitchen. We primarily use it for Spotify, even though my wife really likes it for like the news roundups at the end of the day. And we you know, do all sorts of stuff on it, but music is a big use. And if it does sound better, which Amazon says it does, but the like, their like imagery of the inside looks a lot like the imagery of the old one, so there's some question there. You know, if it does sound better, then I think we'll be happy with it. So I got the the new full sized Echo, so it'll be shorter and smaller than the old one, which will be actually be nice. Where we have it sitting in the kitchen is very conspicuous, so something a little bit smaller will be nice. And I will probably put the full sized Echo, the previous one, out here in the office and replace the Echo Dot that I have out here. So that's what that's what we we've done. I'm not interested in the Echo Plus because I already have lots of smart home hubs running around on my network. 
I don't want to take them off the network and swap them out with this. That didn't seem to make any sense to me. So uh, that's what I've done. What about what about y'all? Y'all doing anything? I did want to say about the spaghetti on the wall thing just real quick. Yes. I'm actually really impressed by Amazon here that they have been mm-hmm. able to come out with like essentially three main products and a bunch of ancillary products like the they have that that landline thing or whatever but they've they've developed yeah, all of these products really quickly like they're just like here's a bunch of new stuff right like including the show and the look and it's like I, i'm i'm impressed by their research and development and design teams like that they've been able to kind of they made this one cylinder and then they're like people see people seem to like this let's make all of the form factors now instead Right, and they've just done all of it. Yeah, and it's like I think it's pretty impressive, like the speed that they've been able to move to expand the line, and the, what works they'll keep and what doesn't they won't. Like I don't think Amazon care about that. Like, um, what you'll notice, one of the echoes seems to have completely disappeared now, which is that um, battery power Bluetooth one. Was it the tap? Like that's just gone. Yeah. Right, and they just don't care about that sort of stuff. That one's gone now, and here are the new ones. Um, I bought mm-hmm. the new Echo, the smaller Echo. Uh, I think it's a much better looking device um i like the cloth coverings but we went with the um the metal finish because we're going to put it in the kitchen we're going to replace the big one in the kitchen uh, so i i don't think that a cloth covered thing will hold up very well in the kitchen right like i feel like that that thing's going to get all nasty after a certain period of time right yeah Just like- i did i'm actually looking at my order i think i did the black cloth one and i had that thought but ours is sort of it's not near the stove or the sink or anything. It's sort of just on a counter. Yeah, so I, ours is I, like it'll be okay. bang in the middle of the sink and the stove, right? Like it's like yeah, that's right gonna there. get that's gonna get nasty. Yeah. So we went with the the metal one, and then we're gonna do the shuffle. So like we're gonna I'm gonna put the big one in the office, then we're gonna put the dot in the bedroom. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Maybe we'll go Federico on that situation, but uh, that's where mm-hmm. that's gonna go. Like and we're just gonna use it as an input device. We won't go attach anything to it. Um, because we have the we have smart lights in the bedroom, and I think it would be nice to just be able to control them that way rather than shouting to hope that it will hear me in the office. That's the only reason I have a dot in our bedroom is that that at the end of the night, you know, we come to bed and I have several lights on smart switches, and they're set on a timer to turn off late at night. But if we want them to turn them off early, we just mm-hmm. say, "Hey, shut my front light off," and it does it. So. Yeah, we're just just to further continue connecting the house. Although, I mean, our house is off. Our apartment is of the size where, like, you can be anywhere in it and just speak loudly enough, and one of them will pick you up. But yeah, we're just gonna just gonna just fill it all out because we're gonna have an extra one, so we might as well put it in another room, and that feels like the place for it. But like, I like the sure. new Echo. I think it looks lovely. Like, it's like a much better looking thing. It has the controls on it. You can hook up speakers to it if you want to. Like, I think it's a good looking product. Yeah, I do too. What I want to do is I want to get an Echo Spot uh, because I think it looks kind of it looks nice and definitely nicer than the Echo Show. Mm-hmm. And I want to put one on my nightstand mm-hmm. but without connecting a speaker to it. And I want to see if well, there's a few things that I would like to be possible. Um first I want to see if I can talk to it and create tasks in Todoist and see like a visual confirmation on the tiny screen. I assume that that is possible for developers. I'm not sure, but I want to see if I can just talk to it and then see like a, like a UI pop up on the screen. I also want to see if maybe now that I have all these different cameras inside the house, if they can maybe send uh, like a video stream so that if we keep the bedroom door uh, locked, we can see what the dogs are doing somewhere else in the house. And finally, I want to see if I can just 
do regular Alexa stuff, but without a speaker. So I want to see how much the screen can help in this regard. And uh, I wonder if maybe Amazon is going to do things differently than the Echo Show, or if it's going to be just the same interaction and the same APIs, just on a smaller screen. So that I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm interested by the little, um, what is it called? The, 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 the spot too. I think it's like a cute little thing. Like it just looks kind of fun. And it feels like, you know, the, like the show is the original Kindle and the spot mm. is like every Kindle that came after it. <laughs> you can actually look at it without your eyes bleeding. Yeah, it's less angles, less weird angles. <laughs> they love angles on first gen hardware. They sure do. But like it's uh it's not it's I mean I know that Federico you can get around it's like you did the original one, but it's US only starting sale in oh, December. Oh yeah, I I got that covered. Yeah, I I have no doubt that you've got it covered. I have absolutely no Oh, do you know what? I'm going to be in the US in December. I might just order one to like a hotel or something. Um but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Like on that note as well, uh the show is available this like to to buy now in the UK and it ships kind of within the next couple of weeks like the um the the, re- the regular echoes do. You know, mine uh, mm-hmm. it comes out at the end of October the new echo stuff, but I won't get mine until November. The 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 if you're not buying one of the cloth ones, it's like a little bit longer wait. It's like a couple of weeks more. Yeah. Um and also the echo to echo voice calling as of today has been enabled in the UK and Germany. Not that oh. I'm ever ever going to use that. Right, like you can call Germans now. I just don't want to do that. that. Like, it's I'm not, I'm not up for that. No, I, I've I used the the Echo messaging the first day to like troll other people who I knew had them, mm-hmm. and then that was the end of that. Like, I, okay, there was a there. moment today where like I saw the app update and was like, oh, I'll call Stephen, but it was like 11 a.m. my time, so yeah. that would have <laughs> been fun for everyone. Yeah, that would have been. That'd have been bad news. The the Alexa app on iOS still the default screen you open it is conversations, which still drives me crazy. And mine are all from May when it was introduced here mm. in the US. Like uh not not a super useful feature. They're obviously pushing into it. We didn't really talk about the connect, but it plugs into your landline and turns your landline phone number into some sort of Alexa messaging platform. But uh I don't know. It's um it seems like I don't know why they're doing it. Maybe it's more pop. Maybe it will prove really popular in you know someplace where FaceTime and iMessage or WhatsApp don't have a strong hold on the market. But at least here in the U.S., it really feels like a okay. Well, I don't really really care about that at all. Oh, I can like not enable it. That's great. Like I'm 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 looking at the yeah. app right now, and it wants my phone number, and I'm just like skip, and then it's just not letting. It's just not setting up the messaging stuff. So. I'm just going to leave it like that because I don't want this. Like, I have no desire yeah, for it. it's a silly thing. Yeah, because now everybody's tested it and they know it works and whatever. Like, I don't need to do it. So, great news, everybody. Mm-hmm. All right, so this week's episode is also brought to you by Flight Logger. Flight Logger is the real-time flight tracking app for worry-free travel. With Flight Logger, you can track your flights in real time, as well as keep updated on departures, arrival times, delays, and cancellations. Flight Logger can even give you details on departure, gates, and baggage claim as well, and you can set up a fully customizable push notification system so all that data can come to you, even when you're rushing through security. And there are a bunch of options for the push notifications that Flight Logger can give you, which is awesome. You can also 
also sync it with your calendar so you can automatically add upcoming flights and easily manage your travel schedule as well. All of this means less waiting, less hassle, and less to worry over when you're traveling. Flight Logger is available for all of your devices. You can add your flights on your iPhone and it'll automatically be synced to your iPad and Apple Watch. And also, good news for Android users, Flight Logger are working on an Android app too. The team over at Flight Logger know what you need when you're traveling, and that's why Flight Logger is easy to use and clutter-free. The clean, minimalist design and intuitive interface is designed to optimize screen space, only showing you the most relevant flight information that you need. And everything is also available offline, so you can still access all your travel information while in the air. Um, I've got a bunch of flights to track in the next couple of weeks. Federico's coming to London next week, and then we're both going off to Chicago, and I'm going to be using Flight Logger for all of that. Um, I've used a bunch of applications. I've used applications that are significantly more expensive than Flight Logger, and they work just as great. Like I've tested them against other stuff, and all the notifications come through exactly the same time, if not quicker in some instances. I get all the data that I need. I'm really, really impressed by this app, and if you're looking for an app to track your flights, I really, really recommend Flight Logger. FlightLogger covers around 37,000 airports worldwide and takes up just 50 megabytes of space on your device and is completely ad-free. It's time to take the guesswork out of travel. Head to FlightLogger.co right now to download FlightLogger and update your travel experience today. We'd like to thank FlightLogger for their support of this show. That's F-L-I-G-H-T-L-O-G-G-E-R dot C-O to find out more. Thanks, FlightLogger. Okay, so iOS 11 has been out for a couple of weeks, and we've been testing it. Is that how that goes? We're testing uh, this app for a couple of weeks now. We've been testing now. it for a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've just been on iOS 11 since, uh, you know, I don't put betas right. on my on my devices. Yeah. So I yeah. I installed it when it came out. You know, I read yeah, the we were waiting for the release date, and, you know. I read this walkthrough mm-hmm. on Mac Stories and then installed mm. it. Yeah, I don't like those walkthroughs and those guides. Uh, I really, I really don't think you know they're for me. I it just spoils I prefer... the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just prefer to to read like short posts, like five hundred words or something. Hot takes. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hottest takes two hundred and eighty character hot takes. That's what I like. Funny there was <laughs> a place to get them. Um, yeah. But in all seriousness, we've been trying. There's been so many app updates and new apps that have come out since iOS eleven. We wanted to share some of our favorites with you. And you know what this means. It's time for a round robin. So we're going to round robin some iOS 11 apps. I'm going to start off with one uh, that I was sent a beta for. And it is something I've used a bunch of times already. And I love it. And it's so simple. It's called Zipped. And it's by a developer called Multi-Educator. There will obviously be links to all these in the show notes. It is just a very simple application that lets you zip and unzip files on iOS. You can import things from the Files app. So you can just open the file, like the Document Picker Files app thing and choose a bunch of uh, files and it will zip them. Or you can use drag and drop. So you can drag uh, multiple files in at once and it creates a zip. Or you drag a zip file in and it will unzip it. And then you can save the results somewhere in files.app. Super simple. Uh, something that I'm very happy to have. There have been a bunch of applications that can do this, but this is the one that works for me in this iOS 11 world because it does one thing and does it well and it implements drag and drop in a great way. So yeah, it's called Zipped and I really, really like it. So my pick is... uh... A default app uh, is actually Apple Mail. Look at you. And I have a, <laughs> I have a complicated re- relationship with Apple Mail in that I think Apple is making a mistake by being stuck in the past and not adopting push notifications for Gmail or 
app integrations with third-party services or just really enabling some kind of extensions uh, while you're reading an email message. But also, the reason that I'm using Mail for now is that I've yet to find an alternative email client on iOS 11 that works with drag and drop the way that I want. And before people recommend AirMail... Like I will in a little bit. <laughs> I've, been, I've been having some issues with AirMail and just general stability and mm-hmm. animations, like a few bugs, a few graphical glitches. and Oh, so you've come into I, the problems that have existed with AirMail for AirMail's entire... Yeah. Time. It's so buggy. Right, like, I feel like we could have said this constantly, right? Like, it is like that. This is the app. It has gotten worse for me. Mm. And to the point where I, you know, when it launched in my review, I wrote that there's a few bugs, there's a few glitches. And it seems like over time it's gotten worse. And and I feel bad because I love those guys. They do it. They have so many good ideas. But in terms of polish and in terms of bugs, they really do need to find a solution. Uh, because, I mean, sometimes my emails, they say uh, airmail plays the sent sound and then an email message is not sent at yeah, all. Yeah, And That's that, fine. for me, is a problem. So, um, and I do appreciate the general stability and, you know, Apple Mail is fast and fluid. You can you can say whatever you want about it, but it, at least it's, you know, the UI is not as buggy as airmail. Um the reason that I like it is that when I drag an email message from mail into something else, usually my task manager, which is Todoist, it creates a link back to the email message. So like a message column slash slash link that I tap it and it takes me back to that individual message. And that for me is the right way to implement drag and drop on iOS 11 from an email client. I want to pick up an email message and drop it into my task manager or my note-taking application. And I want to reference that message. Um, I've yet to find, besides Airmail, which does this, you know, stuff like Outlook or Spark or uh, Email by Easily Do, which is now called uh, Edison Mail, I think. Uh, so all these other email clients, Polymail, they don't, they don't have this feature, which I think it does, doesn't make any sense because it's perfect. So until that happens, or until Airmail figures out all these bugs and graphical glitches and you know, <laughs> sl- bugginess, uh, I'm sticking with Mail. Uh, yeah. It's uh, even if I don't love it, but it works with drag and drop. So, yeah. Welcome to using the adult mail client. I, uh, every time I try airmail, it lasts shorter and shorter periods of time for all those all those issues. Um. So my my pick is Todoist, which is an app that all three of us use and have used for a long time now. With iOS 11, it has SiriKit support, so you can ask the Ahoy Telephone to add things to your to-do list or to tell you what's due today, those sort of things. I struggle with the trigger word, get, making that work correctly for me. Uh, some of the phrasing is a little funny, and the word Todoist sounds like a lot of other words, I guess, the way I say it. I don't it know. just flat out doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. It just thinks that I want to do it. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, but the thing is, I'm not going to say Todoist. I'm not going to do that, right? Like... <laughs> You're this not is gonna what people what? tell me. They tell they say, "Oh, just say to doist or to dost." I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's called to doist, and until they can find a system to make that work, like I don't care who this is on, like this is not usable. Like I'm not going to give apps like random names because Siri might work with it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a little iffy, but when I get it to work, it's nice. Um, you it has 
drag and drop support for notes attached to tasks. You can drag in things like email messages. I have, however, discovered a super fun bug between iOS 11 and High Sierra where iOS mail links don't work on the Mac. They seem to encode them incorrectly. I don't know if it's a Todoist issue or mm. a mail issue. I haven't dug super far into it. But it it drops the two slashes after messages colon, and so the links are broken on the Mac. Right. If you manually fix them, then they work on the Mac, which is super annoying. So I don't know whose fault that is, but um, so Todoist iOS 11 isn't perfect by any means, but I like the direction they're moving. I like that they are adopting things quickly. So that, that gets my, my first pick. Um, I would like to pick an app called Airmail. Uh, it's a mail client um, that. That, <laughs> really? that I really like. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? I I don't like uh, the the phrase that Stephen used about using an adult client. Um, that mail mm-hmm. is somehow better because the, the the thing that Federico started on. I mean, it sends mail when okay. I tell it to. Yeah, but the thing that Federico started on was the idea that Apple's mail app, and it's in the review. I know this because I read it a bunch of times. Oh, oh, really? Did you? Yeah, <laughs> that Apple's mail client is stuck in the past and that there are a bunch of features that they either don't want to do or can't do or for some reason believe there's some philosophical reason that they shouldn't do. But there are just a bunch of things that people expect from mail clients now that Apple's mail just re- seems to refuse to do. And I don't like mail because I am a very heavy email user, very heavy. I, I spend a lot of time in email and I want my email client to be the application that has every setting imaginable. I want all of the settings. And that's what I get with Airmail. Like, I can completely customize the app to work in the way that I want. And that's why I use it. And the thing is, it's, it's just a thing, right? Like, if you use Airmail, you need to accept that there's going to be bugs of it. And you end up getting into some just some different workflows. You can say you don't want to do them, and that's fine. But just every now and then, if I send an important email, I just check my sent folder. And just make sure that it's in there. Uh, you know, it's just uh, something that I do every now and then. Like, look, I know it sucks, and I've said it. And, like, I have said this for as long as I've used Airmail, that it is an application full of bugs and eccentricities. But I love the settings. I'm willing to make the trade-off. Because the thing is, if I used Apple's Mail app, I would rage quit it in, like, a day. Because every time I open the application, I'm frustrated by some of the settings that it has and the things that it does and just the amount of extra steps that I have to go through to get my email to work in the way that I want. But anyway, some of the things that I like about Airmail on iOS 11, uh, I like all the drag-and-drop implementation, like the fact that I can drag an email to my Notes app to make a PDF, which has removed the need for me to use workflows. I like that I can drag an email to Todoist, and I get a mail link. Like They're the two expected things for me. That's what I want. Um, and I like the drag and drop for attachments. So I can drag attachments in and out of my emails. Um, I would like to see them uh, work out a way to drag multiple items in. That would be really great. But just dragging three things one at a time is so much faster than how I've previously done it. Um, I think it's great. And of course, Apple's Mail app, I'm sure, allows you to do the drag and drop of multiple things. I mean, I'm sure that's great. But you know, just simple stuff that I really like, like, for example, uh, the way that I like messages to be marked as unread and what state I want that to be in. Todoist allows me to do that, and no other email app does. Not Todoist, uh, Airmail. Airmail allows Airmail. me to do that. And that's one of the things that I love about it. It's buggy, it's dumb in places, but I love the development that they have on that application. So that's why I use it. My next pick is going to be uh, an app that I've been using for a long time. It's 
For a long time, it's been my clipboard manager of choice on iOS. It's called Copied. And Copied, thanks to iOS 11, evolved into something closer to a shelf type of app, of which there are plenty. What is, what is a shelf? Um, a, shelf is, <laughs> a shelf is one of those things you buy at Ikea, and mm. then you have to assemble with a bunch mm-hmm. of instructions. So it got um, AR support then, right? So you can put the shelf in your house? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and mm. you just do it on the iPad. Yeah, that sounds um, nice. Yeah, it is nice. So now on, on iOS 11, um, copied, you can use it with drag and drop and you can keep it in slide over and you can drop uh, like images, text and links into it. Like as you go, you can pick up a bunch of things and drop them into copied, uh, which syncs them with iCloud. So they show up on your Mac and they show up on your iPhone too. And and it's really nice because for for a long time, I've been using like the copied extension or the copied custom keyboard to clip text and links into the app. But now it's just so much easier to keep copied in slide over, slide it in on, onto the screen and drop things in from either like an interesting tweets that I an interesting tweet that I want to share with my team or like a bunch of links or a bunch of screenshots that I need to mm-hmm. archive for reference. It's really nicely done. And unlike the shelf apps like I've been I've been testing the beta of Yoink that Apple apparently doesn't want to approve on the App Store, and there's a, this new shelf app called Gladys, which does a bunch of things that I like, and also WorkShelf. Unlike those apps, Copied cannot work with files with documents. Like you, you cannot put PDF documents in there, or mm. you cannot put a zip file in there, which is too bad. Because I would like Copied to evolve into something bigger, but right now it's still mostly a clipboard manager in the sense that it deals with text and images. But I would like you to become to become a little deeper. So I was going to ask you, um, what is the shelf app, right? Like I ha- like what is the one that you recommend? Like I have been, um, I've got a bunch on my iPad, right? Like and I've been meaning to test out. What is the one that you recommend that provides the features that you were looking for as like a place to store everything? So I would say either Workshelf or Gladys. It's spelled G-L-A-D-Y-S. Uh, it's got like an alien icon. Um, and I recommend this too because Gladys, I think it's got a nicer UI, but both of them allow you to drop anything you want into the app and inspect the multiple versions of what you just dropped. Like if you drop in a, an image from a web page, you get both the image and the link to the image and you can choose what you want to export later. So you can inspect the multiple representations mm. of an item. And both of them, both Work, Workshelf and Gladys have, are free to download. They have in-app purchases to unlock the, uh, the complete feature set. And if you're, they are what is close. Uh, they are the closest implementations of my original idea, which of course was something else for my iOS 11 concept. But if you're looking for shelf apps to use to clip anything, uh, you know, from text to links to documents, I would go with these two. Okay, then I will delete the other ones that I have. And if I really had to choose, I would probably say Gladys because it's nicer. Okay, this is new, right? Like I haven't heard of this, yeah. nor can I yeah, find it, it anywhere. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you. I'll send you. I'll send you a Gosh. link. App Store search, man. My God, I'm like I'm literally searching the word. Have you tried uh, searching with John's Blink app? Let me try. I bet Blink will find it. This is a this is a live test here of Blink. 
See if it can help me. Gladys shelf, maybe. My gosh, why is why is that? Gla- so Gladys shelf works. Yep. Blink found it. And blink, blink you know. Here it is. Yep. As always, right, installing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's there's some there's some there's something to try. I don't know what I feel about that icon, but like, what are you gonna do? All right, Stephen, you're up. I am up, and I'm going to pick uh, day one. This is another app that I've used for a long time, but with drag and drop, my most common workflow with it is much faster. So my biggest use for day one is, say we take the kids out for a day of stuff. I'll throw you know three or four pictures in day one and write a paragraph or two about you know what we did that day. I'm a, by far my most common use of day one. And before you'd have to go in there, create a new entry, hit the media picker, find the images and add them. But now with drag and drop, I can have photos and day one open and I can just select the images I want and drop them into day one and they attach and it's much faster. So that that's one of those things that, you know, it seems like a small thing, but when you do this maybe a couple of times a week or several times a month, it makes it a lot faster. And using the media picker, you know, even in iOS 11, if you have iCloud photo library on, it can be a little slow at times. And this way, I kind of avoid all of that and just drag them in. So it's a, it's a big win for me. And every time I use it, uh, you know, I'm glad that it's there. It's, it makes it much faster. And it's, it's kind of fun, right? To select a bunch of stuff and drag them over and drop them in. It's mm-hmm. a fun animation. So um, that's uh, something I've been enjoying a lot. Uh, I want to talk about an AR game that I think works pretty well. And it's AR Sports Basketball. It's very simple. You can put a basketball hoop in the world that you're in, either full size or desk size, and you fire basketballs into the hoop. And you can play a couple of different games. They have a horse mode. What? Um, it's fantastic, and you can just fire little basketballs into a basketball hoop. It's just a really, really simple, fun uh, AR game. It's one of the nicest imp- like implementations that I've seen just for like a fun, quick little game. Um, so AR Sports Basketball would be my recommendation there. So another app that I've been using for years, really, is called Linky. And Linky is a custom share sheet for Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, it's become, it's become even more essential now on iOS 11 that Apple removed the native uh, Twitter and Facebook integrations. And for a long time, Linky, Linky has allowed you to, like, set up multiple accounts and uh, tweet, uh, like... Uh, you know when you select an article in Safari and you want to tweet like a like a snippet of text as an mm-hmm. image, you can do that natively. Now in iOS 11, uh, the developer of Linky has done something that I didn't know was possible, and that is you can drop stuff into the extension. So as you're using Safari, you can pick up a bunch of things, like you can select text, you can uh, start dragging a link or even an image, and then you can tap on the share sheet and what? bring up the Linky. Yes, you can bring up the Linky extension. And then you can drop stuff in, and no I had way. no idea that was. Yeah, I had no. I, I think you didn't know this, Mike, because it was a footnote in my review, and of course you didn't uh, read the footnotes. Didn't read the um, footnotes. But yes, it, it is possible to drop stuff into uh, an interface generated by an extension. So that's really cool, and I've been using this to share like um, articles from Mac stories and other sites, and it works really well. So yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know you could do that. That's really cool. Yeah. All right, Stephen, you're up. So my my last pick is a an update to the the Notes app. I think like the like lots of people, Notes has become very central to a lot of my work. And in addition, in iOS 11 and in High Sierra, is the ability to add simple tables to Notes. So 
these aren't as fully formatted and, and fully featured as what you may get in something like like pages. But for simple organization, having tables there is is really nice. So just the other day, I kind of went through and I had some notes that were sort of, they had structured data in them, but not, it was kind of messy. And I could just very quickly make a table and say, hey, you know, these are all the specs for, you know, for this thing, or these are some, some uh, I use it for like contact information or like, the classroom numbers my kids are in at school, like that sort of stuff that was just sort of text. I can now have it nicely formatted and it works cross-platform. So it's on my Mac and my iOS devices. You know, something that on the surface of it may not be that exciting, right? Like features in the note, in the notes app, you know, they've had bigger and better features over the years, but it's one that's really helping me keep my notes more organized than I ever have. And I've, I'm, I've been enjoying like slowly converting a bunch of my notes to include tables for the first time. All right. I have two quick ones that I want to just touch That's on. That's not how round robin works. Well, then you well, two. Mike, okay. Mike gets the extra because he no, came up well, with that's the fine. idea. You two, you two can come up with two more picks then. Oh, how about no. that? No, no, no. no? no. You, oh, okay, do, cool. you do the dual pick, Mike. I'll do it then. Uh, just two applications that I think have nice implementations of drag and drop just for a couple of things I wanted. Uh, Fantastic L2, you can now drag and drop events around on days for rescheduling. This is something that I've wanted to be able to do for a while rather than having to like select a date picker to move something. So I really like that. And one password, you can drag and drop fields, um, which is fantastic. Uh, some things don't autofill. I find that you know like sometimes mm-hmm. you want to you're like you want to put a credit card in and it just doesn't work and so now you can just open um you can you can open uh one password anywhere and you can drag and drop things out. You can also do this from the the you know you get the 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 fill in st- extension. You can drag and drop things out of the extension. So that's that works too. So uh yeah, you can do that and it's great and it just allows you to drag and drop stuff in nice and easily. So yeah, that's it. That's all of my picks. That's all of our picks. That's the end of the round robin and the end of this week's episode. If you want to find uh, our show notes, you can go to relay.fm slash connected slash 162. If you want to find Federico online, he's at maxstories.net. You can listen to, uh, he has a bunch of shows on Relay FM, Canvas, and, Re- and Remaster. And also you can listen to appstories.net, which he hosts with the aforementioned John Voorhees, who's the creator of Blink, and also works with Federico at Max Stories. And you can also uh, find him on Twitter. He's at Fatici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen is over at 512pixels.net. Of course, Stephen hosts many shows here at Relay FM on Genius with me and Query with Serenity Caldwell and Liftoff with uh, Jason Snell. And he also works with Jason on Download as well. All the great shows. And Stephen is at ISMH on Twitter. And I'm just here doing my thing. And I'm on Twitter. I'm I'm Mike. I am YKE. And I'd like to thank our sponsors once more, uh, Balance, Squarespace, and Flight Logger. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.